So for our um, prayer for illumination uh, in this series, we are singing together uh, the um, song Ancient Words. And so as we prepare to do that with one another, I'd invite you just into a prayerful space as we sing this song and prepare to hear God's word for us this day. idea for this morning's children's sermon uh, came from a commentator I read this week who mentioned the opening scene from The Sound of Music. So a fun fact you do not yet know about me is that I was obsessed with the movie The Sound of Music as a child. Uh, that was my childhood was in the 1980s, uh, which was the era of the VHS tape, and I received The Sound of Music as a gift from my grandma and grandpa Lodge one year. Um, and it was so long that it didn't fit on just one VHS tape. It took two of them. Um, and I wanted to watch those two tapes over and over and over again as a kid. So much so that I think my dad might be starting to twitch back there in the uh, sound booth um, as he's about to hear the opening bars <laughs> to the opening song uh, to this movie, The Hills Are Alive. It, uh, it became a bit of a thing for him. Um, but despite my dad's discomfort, I'm showing this to you today um, because, as you just saw, the sound of music opens with foggy clouds covering the tops of the Australian Alps where the film was set. And it takes about two full minutes of us getting scenes just like this, right? Those zoomed out, big picture scenes of wide angle views. Um, of that region, as the opening music, you can start to hear it, right, starts to build. 
Um, we're getting the wide angle look. But then shifts, uh, we start to see some of the villages, etc. as uh, the movie kind of sets the stage uh, for what is about to come. And then here it is. We see the tiniest speck on that grassy hill set before the Alps that stretch across the background. The music continues to crescendo as the camera zooms closer and closer to that speck as Julie Andrews comes more and more into view until just at that moment, she belts it out. And we're completely zoomed in on her face and her outstretched arms fills the screen. The screen. The commentator called that scene to mind when talking about our text today because scripture uses a similar technique as the story of God and humanity continues to unfold in Genesis chapter 12. While scripture begins with a view from 30,000 feet with the stories about cosmic creation and universal humankind in the opening chapters found in Genesis 1 through 11, here where we come in chapter 12, the shot suddenly zooms in, becoming a much more focused, close-up view of a single man. So let us listen together to God's word as it comes to us from Genesis chapters 12 and 15. God told Abram, leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous, you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I'll curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left just as God said, and Lot left with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot with him, along with all the possessions and people they had gotten in Haran, and set off for the land of Canaan and arrived safe and sound. Abram passed through the country as far as Shechem and the oak at Morah. At that time, the Canaanites occupied the land. God appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your children. Abram built an altar at the place God had appeared to him. And then in chapter 15, after some more events have un unfolded, after these events, the Lord's word came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your protector. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you possibly give me since I still have no children? The head of my household is Eliezer, a man from Damascus. He continued, since you haven't given me any children, the head of my household will be my heir. The Lord's word came immediately to him. This man will not be your heir. Your heir will definitely be your very own biological child. Then he brought Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars if you think you can count them. He continued, This is how many children you will have. Abram trusted the Lord, and the Lord recognized Abram's high moral character. He said to Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. 
But Abram said, Lord God, how do I know that I will actually possess it? He said, bring me a three-year-old female calf, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a dove, and a young pigeon. He took all of these animals, split them in half, and laid the halves facing each other, but he didn't split the birds. When vultures swooped down on the carcasses, Abram waved them off. After the sun set, Abram slept deeply. A terrifying and deep darkness settled over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Have no doubt that your descendants will live as immigrants in a land that isn't their own, for they will be oppressed slaves for 400 years. But after I punish the nation they serve, they will leave it with great wealth. As for you, you will join your ancestors in peace and be buried after a good long life. The fourth generation will return here since the Amorites' wrongdoing won't have reached its peak until then. After the sun had set and darkness had deepened, a smoking vessel with a fiery flame passed between the split open animals. That day the Lord cut a covenant with Abram. To your descendants I give this land, from Egypt's river to the great Euphrates, together with the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So as we continue our study of the covenants God made in Scripture, we watch the God of the universe zoom in on one couple, chosen by God for no spoken or specific reason, to be the focus of God's work in the world and the conduit for God's blessing. Here in Genesis chapter 12, the camera zooms in on Abram as God chooses and calls him and his family with demanding commands coupled with words of great promise. Leave your country, your family, your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and bless you. God's focus and attention are zoomed in on Abram, but quickly God zooms back out to take in the whole world once more. As the Lord speaks the purposes God has for Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Abram responds to God's call and sets out on the journey God has for him with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot. By the time we meet Abram again in chapter 15, the family's journey has already had a number of twists and turns as they continue to try to discern what it looks like to faithfully follow God's commands over them. It is clear as their story unfolds that they are trying to trust in God and God's promises but are wrestling with living that out as they navigate life in the real world. The promises God has made to them are not instantly fulfilled, and the journey toward the land and time of promise for them is a long one. When God meets Abram once again in chapter 15, the wrestling continues. Abram has just been in battle, fighting off a nation to rescue his nephew Lot. God comes to Abram in the aftermath and assures him that God will protect him. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your protector, your exceeding great reward. 
seminary professor Christopher Davis names the tension in the text here. The tension that exists between God and Abram as they encounter one another in chapter 15. He writes, Abram has all of this. He's gotten his nephew back. He's been victorious in battle. He's got this promise that God will be his shield and exceeding great reward. And even with all of this, Abram is still not settled. Something is missing. Abram knows that something else should be happening based on the promise that God made to him. Abram says to God, Lord God, what can you possibly give me since I still have no children? God had promised to make Abram into a great nation, and he, as of yet, at the age of in his 80s, I think, by this point, does not even have a namesake. God takes Abram outside and has him look up at the stars in the sky, which in his world, that was free from the light pollution of our own time, would have been teeming with pinpricks of light. God has him look up and reassures him of the promise once more. Look up at the sky and count the stars. If you think you can count them, this is how many children you will have. Scripture then tells us that Abram then trusted the Lord and that the Lord counted that trust as righteousness. The righteousness Scripture speaks of here is all about living in right relationship. God created the entire universe and all that fills it. And yet, as the story of that universe unfolds, that same God zooms in on the story of one man and his family. That same God has the story unfold in the particulars of one family, one people, one nation. Because our God longs for us to know that our creator is a God of the particular the scenes of each of our lives are not set in the middle of the Austrian Alps, but the cinematography employed would be the same. Imagine God's view of the entire universe, zooming in to, land, to the land upon which you stand, zooming in until it is just your face that fills God's frame. Like Abram before us, God has spoken demanding commands over us, coupled with words of great promise. We are called to follow after Jesus, to live our lives living out Christ's great commands over us, to love our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, to love our neighbor just as we also love ourselves. God has spoken great promise over us as well of a kingdom drawn near that land of promise that is the realm of God what Martin Luther King Jr. called the beloved community a community in which everyone is cared for a community absent of poverty hunger and hate a land of promise in time when God's love will reign and life as it was meant to be will be realized. Like Abram before us, our journeys are marked with twists and turns. 
as we continue to try to discern what it looks like to faithfully follow God's commands over us. As our story unfolds, we too try to trust in God and God's promises, but we also wrestle with living that trust out as we navigate life in the real world. Like Abram before us, the promises God has made to us are not instantly fulfilled. And the journey toward the day when the kingdom, that beloved community, the realm of God is fully realized. Y'all, it's a long one. Just after scripture tells us that Abram trusted God, just after God recognized how Abram was living in right relationship, we yet again sense the tension that exists between the promise and its fulfillment and Abram's struggle to live in that gap. In the next verse, God reiterates his promise to give Abram the land he is inhabiting. But Abram again questions God in response. Lord God, how do I know that I will actually possess it? Does that question echo in your heart as it does in mine? Lord God, how do we know? Lord God, how do we know that the kingdom will come? Lord God, how do we know that the promise will be realized? Lord God, how do we know? It's in this moment that God literally cuts a covenant with Abram, asking for animals that Abram then sacrificed and cut, split in two. It was a custom of that time and culture when an agreement was made between two people that such a sacrifice was made. And then the one promising something to another would walk between the two halves as a promise that the same fate would be done to them if they did not fulfill the covenant. As Abram dreams, God comes in the form of pillar and fire and moves between the halves of the sacrificed animals, cutting God's covenant with Abram, committing to fulfill what has been promised or to suffer the same sacrifice. Yet before God cuts the covenant with Abram, God makes sure Abram understands that the promise will not come immediately, nor would it be delivered on a silver platter. The twists and turns of the journey would continue through years in a foreign land, 400 years of slavery, generations upon generations would pass before the people would once again inhabit the land. As God cuts the covenant with Abram, God makes sure Abram realizes his part of the story is just one piece of the tale. As the camera zooms out to the larger, longer history of the people that were to come, that nation that was to be born through him. Abram's descendants were to be as numerous as the stars, but Abram himself only knew his one son, Isaac. Abram had an important part to play in the story, but to play it, Abram had to trust God's promises, 
even if he might not himself see their end. To help him, God would return to Abram, who later becomes Abraham many more times in his life, assuring him each step of the way along his journey. The same is true for us. We have an important part to play in God's story, in the fulfillment of God's promises, even if we ourselves might not see their end. It's like the quote from Martin Luther King Jr. we sent out in our email to you this week. Faith, trust, belief is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. It's taking that first step And then as God continues to meet us and encourage us along the way, it's taking each step that is to come after it. Trusting that as we seek to faithfully follow after Jesus, one step at a time, we will move toward God's promise, not just for us, but for all. The ending scene of The Sound of Music begins with the Von Trapp family as they are making their way over the Alps towards safety and freedom. Zoomed in on them as they are making their way on their journey. Zoomed in on each of them as they traverse the hillside. But then it begins to zoom out further and further until they too start to become almost specks along the hillside not all that bigger than the stars in the sky and the camera once again takes in that 30,000 foot majestic view of it all Our God is a God of the universe, and our God is the God of each of us. The particulars of our life matter. They are part of the promise. Yet that promise is wide. It stretches behind us and before us. The kingdom come, the community beloved realized, That time when the land of God's promise, the realm of God, will fully and truly be home for all. Amen.